Welcome to Limitless Love. I'm your host, Sony. I help powerful women find the love they deserve by cultivating more sensuality, playfulness, and abundance in their romantic lives. Are you a successful woman who is killing it in her career but can't seem to get it together when it comes to men and dating? You are used to being recognized as being the best at what you do. You've got a condo, maybe a shiny new car. You take fabulous girls trips around the world, spend your weekends wine tasting and shopping. From the outside looking in, you seem to have it all. But you're missing real romantic connection. It feels like every man you meet is wrong for you. You are meeting men who are intimidated by your success, emotionally unavailable, and you have convinced yourself that it will never happen for you. Well, I've got good news for you, babe. You're dead wrong. Real, authentic love is waiting for you. You can have it all. I know this because I have been in your shoes. In this podcast, I will help you on your path to love by sharing my expert guidance, tips and techniques. You are meant for love. You are meant to have it all. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Love Podcast. I'm your host, Sony Pelty. And today I have a beautiful surprise for you. I have a very special guest on today's show. Today on the show, I have my husband, Larry Pelty. Him and I regularly have candid conversations about love, relationships, and marriage. And I thought, how awesome would it be to bring our conversation to the podcast so you can get an empowered male's perspective on love, dating, and relationships. So here we are. Welcome to the show, babe. I am so happy and excited you are here. Well, thanks, babe. It's great to be on the show. Uh, certainly been hearing about all the new podcast stories and I was sort of looking forward to, to joining in and uh, kind of giving my thoughts you know, from the male perspective. So, you know, Sony and I always, we joke around a lot. And so I think that's kind of one of the key things in a, in a relationship. So, so I'll kind of tell you a story coming into this, you know, so since I do like to joke a lot, you know, she would ask me, we would start talking about, okay, about how we're going to talk and how, what we're going to do in this podcast. And of course, then I thought I would just, you know, I would laugh and joke and say, and just give like one or more answers, like, sure. Yes. You know, <laughs> just, you know, but that's the way we are. You know, we love to, to laugh and joke. And I think that's uh, certainly one of the, the great hallmarks of our relationship. So take it away, babe. What you got? Okay. So let's dive right in. As you know, I'm a firm believer that our thoughts and beliefs create our actions and our actions create our life and then our reality. And most successful, high-achieving women have this strong belief that men are intimidated by their success, and this belief runs deep. And what happens when a belief runs so deep, it becomes a reality. So, babe, as an empowered man, do you think 
men are intimidated by successful women. What are your thoughts? Well, now I think it depends on the type of man. Now, for an insecure man, I would I would think that yes, you know, a very strong, a very powerful woman could be very intimidating. You know, certainly, but for more more strong-willed, strong personality, empowered men, they find that attractive. Like I find that um, someone who will challenge me, who will say, you know what, babe, I don't agree with you. Here's why. So we can have these great conversations. And that is key to me. And because I don't want, and I, I've certainly in past relationships, I think as many people have had, have had these relationships with people that are just maybe more submissive. They're more, they just kind of want to agree with what you say. Mm-hmm. So I don't look for things. I don't look for, for people to agree with me. And certainly not a woman that I'm in a relationship with. Now, you think about, oh, there's a lot of men out there. I mean, you think about men, perhaps evolutionary, genetically, we're, we're sort of sort of this belief that we should be strong and powerful. And then, you know, the alpha male you know, is perhaps the, you know, is maybe the big conceit that men, women even, you know, are, are taught to believe in, the alpha male. But coming from an empowered perspective, I personally view sort of those strong women as, as partners in life. You know, I don't look for somebody to be, to do what I say or to agree with what I have to say. You know, I look for, I look for somebody who can be a partner in all things, whether it's life, travel, finances, difficult situations, family drama, whatever it is, um, there should be a partnership. Well, that's, that's beautiful that you said that. And um, I'm sure that people listening to this, especially women listening to this episode, they will get some hope that men are really not intimidated and uh, success doesn't scare, scare men away. Um, I loved how you said it, that there are some men who are intimidated uh, and that's exactly what I tell my girls when I coach them. I tell them that, yes, there are some men out there who will be intimidated, but there are many more men out there who love a successful woman. And that's where I have them flip their belief, their limiting belief or this belief that they have, because by constantly having this belief and, um, repeating it and even saying it out loud when they are with friends or coworkers, just saying that, oh, men are just intimidated by our success. It's hard for us successful women to find love. Um, that becomes their reality. Absolutely. And, you know, and actually my, my advice coming from a man to, to those women who want to live those empowered lives. And if you're interested in a man who, who really is intimidated, just stop, move on. Because what you would expect is if a man cannot accept a successful woman, cannot accept the empowerment, cannot accept the, the strength, then what you're going to get are sort of these, these behaviors, these alpha male behaviors where the, the push, you know, push the person down. You know, certainly we see this in nature. You know, a alpha male dominates by, by fear, by by strength, by intimidation. Now, 
you know, for, and if, if a man who is insecure and feels that the woman is like, is too strong, then they may encourage those kinds of alpha male types of tendencies. And you don't want that because it's not, it's not a balance. And so certainly one of the things that Sony and I talk about is balance, you know, balance is key. I think in a relationship, whether it's doing laundry or, or dishes or chores around the house or, uh, surprising with dates or, or just anything like that, there should be a balance. There should never be that sort of that one person doing it all. And, you know, for those relationships, you know, I think, you know, it's obviously difficult if you have strong feelings for somebody, but if, if you are in that relationship with a man who is very intimidated, it just will not go anywhere. It will ultimately lead to frustration. So babe, let's back up a little bit here. When you, when you brought up alpha males, there are certain women who crave alpha males. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, I guess it comes down to defining what is an alpha male. So, you know, certainly from a evolutionary standpoint, you think the alpha male is the, is the, is the supreme leader of a group, uh, whether it's a pack of animals, it's the one leader. And so one can show the tendencies of being an alpha male, can be strong-willed, can be very, very decisive, very action-oriented, very progressive in the sense of not aggressive, but progressive in terms of doing those things, taking the initiative to accomplish a goal. So that, and I think nowadays people might describe that as an alpha male. But, you know, if we look back at the natural aspect of an alpha male, an alpha male, there can be only one within a group. And so, and once again, those alpha males have to lead and rule out of fear and intimidation. Now, if a woman is looking for that to be in fear and to be intimidated, that's a whole other problem. <laughs> but if you're looking for, for those tendencies of an alpha male, which I would define as an empowered male, you know, much as you might define as an empowered female, you know, those people who are, those men who are decisive, who are, who are progressive, who are looking to be challenged, looking for the challenges in life, then there's a lot of men like that out there. And that should be uh, a goal, I think, for any relationship, for both men and women. Right, right. And you said it so wonderfully that an empowered male has the better qualities of the alpha male, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So he's I would there to take care of you. He's there to protect you and love you, but he still is not, um, he doesn't want a submissive woman. He doesn't, um, he respects your voice, your opinion and your success. Yeah, Am I right? Absolutely. And so I think there, we should have the conversation about, you know, people think of alpha males, but I will change that term to call it the empowered male. Um, because I don't ever set out in life to be an alpha male. I mean, sure. I want to, to excel at what I do and I do excel at what I do. I've you know <laughs> worked myself up within the company I am, uh, at it to an executive level, but my goal was to not, to not reach that goal by putting others down by, mm-hmm having others be in fear of me. And so the alpha male should be replaced with the empowered male. So an empowered male 
you know, can be, can be ambitious, can have goals, can have challenges to overcome. And that's where, you know, certainly as an empowered male, I look for that, that relationship, that partner in life to face these challenges together. And so this is something Sony and I talk about every, you know, every single situation one enters, you know, there's always politics. There's the, there's, it's the natural human condition in terms of the, the psychology of the interaction between people. So there's always challenges. There's always challenges in everything you do, every situation you're in, every goal that you try to accomplish. And, and certainly Sonny and I have had numerous conversations, the challenges that I have faced at work, the challenges I faced in life, and, the, and vice versa, the challenges that she has faced in life. And that is part of that balance. It's part of, it's part of um, both the doing, the, the acting, you know, for another, but also in those sometimes being an empowered male, I'm not afraid to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with that. And I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, so many, so many men are, 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 I don't know, they, they feel like it somehow is a blow to their ego. You know, they have to ask for help. Okay. Well, everybody needs help sooner or later. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that actually builds, helps build the trust in a, in a partnership. You know, a, a marriage or a good relationship, you know, should be a good partnership. There should be that, once again, I'll use the word balance. I love the word balance. And, and <laughs> so did I talk about this so much in terms of like balance in life and balance and sort of balance in the universe. And there should always be that. Right. I feel like, in certain unpredictable circumstances, though, that balance can get tipped where one person has to step up and take over. But that's, again, temporary. And once the unprecedented circumstance is, we've overcome that circumstance, then that balance gets restored on its own. Well, and that's that's the hope, right? I mean... You know, yes. there's always the, the possibility, you know, some life-changing event happens where maybe one has to, to take more, um, I used to use the word control over a situation mm-hmm. and it still requires that person. So once that, that problem or issue has been rectified, it requ- certainly requires that person who has now taken control in a sense to then relinquish that control, right. to bring that balance. Absolutely. And that certainly doesn't always happen. You know, we... There, there's so many situations in which that a person has to sort of take charge, you know, maybe it's illness or, or job loss or, or just family troubles or anything like that, that can, that can really weigh on a person, but there's still, you know, has to ultimately come back to that balance. And I think right. those times when relationships begin to, to struggle in those kinds of situations, like, um, when there's financial difficulties due to job loss, and especially now with COVID nineteen, you figure you figure so many people are struggling in so many ways they haven't um, twelve months before, and that can create challenges in a relationship to to ultimately come back to that balance. And mm-hmm. I and I personally feel like that if you know balance can be brought about in a variety of ways. Okay, so maybe in a situation if one person is having to care for the children all the time because the other person is sick, well maybe there's other ways that that, that there's can become into a balance. You know, right. so it doesn't 
feel like one person has to do everything. And I think that women probably feel that I would guess, and men probably feel that too. And certainly in the past, I have felt that in different past relationships where I felt like I always had to do everything. And sure, there are those, well, used back to the alpha man. They're, they're sure there are many who they expect that like, well, I'm an alpha male. I should do everything because, you know, everybody else just needs to listen to what I say. But, you know, I, I as a more of empowered male, I actually, actually get irritated by that after a point. <laughs> it's like, because I, I want to find that balance. I want to, to always feel like the relationship is about the two of us, not me telling other, another person what to do. Right. And I guess that's where um, communication comes in, which is very, very important, whether you are dating in a relationship or even when you're married. Yeah, sure. Uh, communication, I think, is... Two-way, again. <laughs> it is, absolutely. It's, it's, a two-way, it's a two-way street. And certainly, uh, men probably have a lot more challenge in terms of, um, I guess, communicating what they feel. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. that, that, that stereotype of man should be strong, men don't cry, mm-hmm. you know, which is nonsense. Uh, and, and, but because of that, we're, we're sort of ingrained that, I guess, in some ways. And, and it can be hard to communicate even for sort of like a a balanced individual. Like I like to think I'm, I'm fairly balanced, but you know, there are certainly those times where it can be hard to communicate. And sometimes it's not a matter, it's not for me anyway, it's not a matter of not wanting to, Mm -hmm. um, it's certainly sometimes like anyone else, um, you know, if there's a lot going on, it can be sometimes difficult to just to slow it all down and, and communicate what you're thinking and feeling. But that is absolutely key for any relationship to continue. Right. And I, I do tell my girls that um, it's not that men don't have emotions. They don't have feelings. They do feel. It's just, like you said, the stereotypical, the way boys are brought up they're brought up to be strong. And I always uh, tell women that as women, we are, at least some of us are more in touch with our emotions. And if we can, in an empowered way, express our feelings and be safe with all our feelings and um, even the not so good ones, our shadow feelings, and uh, be able to communicate them in an emotionally mature way, not in a blaming way or not in a drama way, but just exactly how those feelings are coming up for us, that makes a man feel safe that, oh, she is okay with her feelings and she can handle her feelings. So I feel safe in opening up to her and sharing my feelings with her. So how do you, what do you feel about that? Well, I, th- I think that's, that's important. And, and certainly I've, I've always been the type that if, if I have something that I want to say, uh, most of the time I want to say it and kind of just deal with it because I'm very much about like, okay, well, if there's a problem, rather than let it fester in your head, just deal with it and move on. Life becomes easier. Even when it's something difficult, a difficult conversation, life becomes easier if you can just then deal with it and move on. And I kind of expect the, the same back. And certainly there's, there's those times that, you know, Sonny and I have had, you know, 
conversations, deep conversations about things. And sometimes, you know, things going on for each of us, you know, a lot of challenges in life, certainly in the last six, eight months. And, you know, maybe a natural tendency is to, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's just, it's too much in my head. I, I just, I don't want to focus on that negativity. I don't want to think about it, but, but, and, and almost always anytime that I've been that way or Sony has been that way, you know, we certainly call out like, okay, I see something is bothering you. Like, let's talk about it. And Sony knows that I will just keep asking. <laughs> yes, you're very <laughs> good like, about that. I don't feel like talking about it, babe, right now. I'll, I'll, we'll, we can talk tomorrow. I'm like, well, okay, well, well, uh, what are you going to gain by talking about tomorrow that you couldn't gain right now? And, and, and I know there's there people tend to might close up because they want to think about what they want to say. Um, and, but you know, any, any loving relationship, whether it's marriage or not, you know, I certainly, even if in those times when I've asked Sony, like, okay, what are you thinking? What's on your mind right now? What's bothering you? She's like, well, okay, well, you know, like a lot going on. It's like, let's talk, let's talk tomorrow. I just, I just don't want to focus on that right now. And, but I'll keep asking. And, yes. <laughs> and because when you have trust and you have an understanding of the person, there's nothing that can be said that will all of a sudden, and there's nothing that sh should make you angry or upset. And there's been times when, when, you know, maybe there was a difficult conversation about kids or something else. And I know I've watched Tony be very cautious because she doesn't want to feel like she's saying the wrong thing. But for me, I mean, unless you start just coming out and just cursing at me and calling me worthless or something, there's really nothing that can be said that that is going to upset me because it's what the other person feels, it's what Sony feels, uh, and likewise, it's what I feel. It's it's about conveying and relaying what you feel without fear. You should not have fear in relaying what you feel when you're in a relationship of trust and balance. That's so beautiful. And you're awesome, babe. But so <laughs> the, re the reason why I, why I say to talk at a later time is because um, when there are some unprocessed feelings, you don't want to come across or I don't want to come across in that emotionally charged way. I want to respond rather than react. And sometimes even those few 20 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, however long it takes, it gets a person, it gets me. And that's what I teach women to get to that place where you can respond versus reacting and process mm -hmm. your emotions. So that's the only reason I say, let's talk about <laughs> it later because I don't want to be sounding like this crazy person <laughs> and be oh, able babe, you, never, you never sound like a crazy person okay <laughs> but but what i think i would probably um suggest or certainly advise to to men and women is that and there's and there's a lot of um there's a lot of benefit to that delay and certainly from a psychological perspective absolutely if, if you think about like emails just, just put it in a different context okay if you're at work and you receive an email that just irritates the hell out of you, you know, a, a natural sort of response, like, oh, you, you just, rah, you know, you start writing in response and you just, it's like this verbal diarrhea of anger. Um, but, okay, if you wait and maybe wait an hour, wait a little bit, 
And I find myself, I have had to do this a number of times over the last couple of decades. Um, I get something that is just absolutely infuriating, comes across in an email. And I find myself, I was like, I'll write it. I'll write the first time. And so there's a, there's a, I have an idea and a point to this. It's like, I'll write it out. I don't send it. I'll write it out and I'll say exactly what I want to say. But exactly what I want to say is not what I should say, especially at executive level. Um, so I'll write it and then I, I delete it. And then I write it again. And then maybe even again until it comes across like, okay, uh, you know, I will convey um, a response, a, but not a reaction uh, to what needs to be said to make sure it communicates it purposefully and in sort of a, a positive way. Because sometimes we all can react to something that was not intended to be, to, ir- to irritate you, right? Okay. So in the same respect, if a person says, okay, I don't want to talk about it right now. You know, I, let me think about it. I would still say that time should be short because what otherwise what happens is um, if it becomes like a day or a couple of days or three days and the other person who's then begins to then start ruminating in their head or like, okay, what is it? Did I do something? Is she angry at something? Is what's going on? Why won't she tell me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not but, several days. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, it may be a short delay. And in, yeah. in that delay, I think you can think about this sort of um, mental sort of exercise of like saying what you want to say to the other person in your head. It's sort of like, like writing that email and deleting it without sending it. You mm-hmm. say what you want to say in your head, think about it through, think about the conversation. And then, you know, after that short ish delay, you know, then have the conversation with the person because uh, that way it keeps the communication going it allows you a moment. And I think a moment is what's needed. Right. You know, just to get your thoughts together, um, know what you want to say, how you want to say it, but not too long. Because if you, if you start ruminating too much, then you start worrying. Then you start, well, okay, well, if I say this, well, the other person, what's the other person going to say? Uh, oh, no. You know? Right. That- yeah, I agree with what you're saying 100%. I feel like 15, 20 minutes, like maybe you can go for a walk, uh, meditate, whatever that chimes with you. It's just that 15, 20 minutes where you can just not have the knee-jerk reaction and just bring yourself, soothe yourself and bring yourself to this level where you can exactly communicate to your partner what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good, and that's kind of a good kind of pause. Because yeah. a pause is really, I think, what, you, what everybody should go for is a pause, you know, not a, not a block. I love that. Pause. A pause. <laughs> and you got to say it that way too, babe. A pause. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to my next question, and that's regarding boundaries. Mm. I know that... Men are better with setting boundaries and having boundaries and upholding their boundaries than women are. And I believe that having healthy boundaries is a key to healthy, successful relationships, not just in romantic relationships, but in relationships with our family and our friends too. And I know that when we were dating... I had several boundaries and I feel like boundaries are 
very important even when you're dating. And sometimes as women, we hesitate in setting those boundaries because we feel that we will come across as uh, this demanding person, this unreasonable person, this woman that is high maintenance. So I know when we were dating, I had several boundaries around sex, around not staying over the night at your place, and even around not being anyone's girlfriend, just among a few of them. So how did you feel about the boundaries and what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Okay. Well, certainly kind of sort of it's kind of boundaries in general. And so I, I would um, I would argue the point that it's not a men are better at setting boundaries than women. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's really more about the type of personality. I mean, I think there are many men who cannot set good boundaries. Um, that just get taken advantage of in the same way that a, that a woman would, you know, for always be giving, always doing things for others. And that becomes obviously a bad situation. Uh, so I don't, I don't know that it is really men versus women in terms of boundaries. I think it really is a matter of perhaps uh, personal self-view, self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those people that, that, or for anyone, I won't say men or women, for anyone who, who is afraid to set boundaries, let's think about that for a moment. You know, why are you afraid to set boundaries? And that's the word there, afraid. You know, it's fear. Absolutely. You know, it's because I'm afraid that if I say this, or if I'm afraid that I, I will not allow that, then that other person uh, will just be like, all right, I'm done. Right, And that happens and that happens, but that should not be a reason to ever push or to, to change your boundaries uh, just on behalf of what another person wants. And so to kind of go to your points in terms of the boundaries, uh, I was like, okay, I mean, literally that's, that was pretty much, I think the only one that gave me pause to like, uh, okay, I was, I had to process uh, was not, not the one about sex. It was about being a girlfriend. Okay. Cause I guess, <laughs> I guess, and oddly enough, uh, you know, for me that I guess I had grown up with the thought of like, okay, dating just means you're dating multiple people or you're, or you could potentially date multiple people. Um, But if you're boyfriend, girlfriend, that then becomes a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously not all boyfriend, girlfriend types of relationships end in marriage or end in sort of long-term serious things. But I guess for me, it was sort of that that based on my definition of how a relationship uh, ultimately grows and works, that was kind of like the next step from dating because saying that you're just dating means like, uh, all right, you can be dropped at a moment's notice or be ghosted or whatever they call it now. Yeah. (laughs) And and so that was the only one, at least at first I was like, uh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh, she's crazy. I'm not not sure. No, no. I was like, I'm not, I had, I had to think about it because it's like, I'm not sure because she's, you know, because we'd already had conversations by this point that, you know, a goal for her was marriage and a goal that I too was, was aiming for. And clearly we reached that goal. Uh, But at that time I'm thinking, okay, okay, well, if a goal is marriage, but she doesn't want to be identified in what I, at least through my conceptual model of relationships, was girlfriend is greater than dating, which is less than marriage. So to me, that was sort of the next step. And so maybe for me, it was more of an intellectual 
confusion point, but I had no problem uh, with the boundaries. She, she told me what her boundaries were. And certainly in terms of like staying over, obviously we both have, we both have children and we both understand the parental roles and the challenges and, and certainly. And so uh, even uh, I remember when I was younger in, in dating sort of relationships, still having a child at the time, you know, it, how important it was to, to find somebody who respected that and understood that. Because clearly when you have children, you can't just drop things at a moment's notice and go out of town for a fun vacation. It just doesn't happen. And so in terms of the staying over, it didn't even cross my mind as a concern. It's because, you know, okay, well, I have my children. If, if I was asked to stay over, what would I do? Okay, well, I can't just leave my children behind on their own to fend for themselves. So, of course, it, would, it wouldn't even know. And I would say it almost didn't even register with me. It's like, of course. And in terms of, you know, certainly, you know, when it comes to sex, that's, it's an area that a lot of uh, relationships struggle with. You know, if, if one person wants to wait uh, and another person doesn't, that can often be the, the end. And I say that's okay if that's the end. And maybe that should be the end because if a person cannot respect um, the request or the desire or the boundaries of another, then what is that relationship going to look like down the line? Because if a person then gives in, what's then the expectation in a long-term relationship? Is that person always going to be expected to give in? No. Well, that's not a, that's not a healthy relationship. That's not balance. Okay. So for me, because, because <laughs> we, you know, I saw very early on when, when Sony and I were dating, it was like, oh, this, this is someone I could see spending the rest of my life with. It's like, and so she had her, what she requested or what she, what she specified. These are the constraints of which this dating relationship will, will proceed. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I, I respect her for, for telling me that and staying true to that. And so, and I saw to this day, I respect that she held those beliefs and did not ever give in. And I think any empowered man Anyone who is self-confident, anyone who can perceive uh, that just because there's not sex doesn't mean that person doesn't want to be in a relationship. It's anyone who can understand the, you know, the balance in relationships, the, the, the goals in a, in a positive partnership, relationship, then it, it shouldn't matter. Be patient. Everything works out, you know, but, and I would certainly say that, um, I'm glad that that Sony kind of held her beliefs. I think, you know, it might have changed my my view of her. Honestly, if she had said, okay, this is what, these are my boundaries. And if she had gave in the next week, I don't know. I really don't know if we would necessarily be here where we are now. Because... Uh just love what you just said and everybody <laughs> listening should make take a pen and make a note of this because yeah because because then what that would tell me is that she's not true to her convictions that her beliefs can change like that okay well <laughs> that's not something that I particularly look for in life. I don't want somebody who's going to change who they are uh, to fit some biased view of the way that I am. 
And so, you know, a, a, a person shouldn't have to be someone they're not. They should, if they have a belief in something, stick to it. So beautiful. And I always say boundaries are not things to be just thrown around. You have to energetically feel this. This is exactly what you want and will tolerate, will not tolerate. Uh, Absolutely. And it cannot change from day to day, from circumstance to circumstance, from one man to the other or one woman to the other. Once the boundaries are Once you know what you will and will not accept or tolerate, then that's set in stone. It cannot just change for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And also like that fear that, oh my God, if I say no for sex or no for being a girlfriend or whatever it is that you're saying no for and you give in and like Larry perfectly said it, that can change a man's perception of who you really are and how strong are your boundaries and how much do you value yourself and honor yourself and your boundaries. So I'm so happy you brought that point up. That is the key. So think about it from this way too. And so for all the women and hopefully men who might listen to this too, um, think about this, this scenario for a moment. Okay, so let's say, you know, and I know Sony certainly encourages people, it's like when you're when you're dating, date, you know, you know, experience, you know, find, don't just settle on, you know, one person because of any one thing. Well, so think about this scenario. So let's say that you are, you know, for a woman, you're dating, you know, a couple different men you, you like, you found you found interesting, and then but let's say one you really like. You really want something to go with, but you've set your boundaries initially with everybody, but this one person just will not accept no for an answer and you give in to fear and you, you cross over that boundary, but yet you still hold those boundaries with the others. So what does that say? Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, that particular, that giving in uh, due to fear or whatever, I mean, but yet still still holding those boundaries with others is just basically saying that, okay, well, you will change with enough pressure. And that is not a way to be, not for a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whatever those beliefs are, stick to them. Yes. If it matters to the, if the other person, whether man or woman, is truly interested in, in seeing, you know, that future relationship, that future partnership. It's not going to matter. It might get me like, ah, crap. Okay, well, that just, you know, that sucks. But you know what? If it's if it's if they truly see that future, it will not matter in the long run. Absolutely. So beautifully put. Yes, 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 yes. So, <laughs> you you remember that one time when we did the 30 days of building stronger relationships, I wouldn't call it a challenge like that program that we did. Mm-hmm. And on uh, one of the days was the I appreciate exercise. Mm-hmm. where We had to share with each other three positive traits. And you described me as authentic, caring, and feisty. <laughs> <laughs> and... Feisty really caught my eye and it made me laugh just as you had expected. (laughs) And I absolutely loved it. 
And you said to me that you said that you loved how I truly share what is on my mind and I'm not willing to put up with crap in life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I feel that there is some, still some level of negative connotation attached to that word feisty. Like as women, we feel happy and we wear it as a badge of honor when someone says we are authentic and we are caring and generous. And I have seen women and myself back in the day get defensive when we are told that we are feisty. So, So share with us like why being feisty is a positive trait. Sure. So uh, I'll start off with that, with kind of a defining the difference. And and certainly I think the crossover is where people might not like feistiness to a, to some degree. And so I'll, I'll define the difference between f- being feisty and being obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about those two words for a second. If you were to meet somebody at work, grocery store, at a bar, what is your mental vision of somebody who is feisty or fiery? versus obnoxious. So, yes, I love feistiness. <laughs> I despise, I loathe obnoxiousness. Okay, so so what's the difference? So, you know, I love the fact that Sony just expresses what she thinks. You know, she she's laughs, and when she laughs, she laughs big. When she loves, she loves big. You know, to me, that's feisty, that's fiery. And that's, that's showing a passion. That's a good way to put it. So fiery and feistiness is a, <laughs> is a connection to that inner passion. Okay. <laughs> Noxiousness is just plain uh, irritating, you know, and that's, that's where somebody is just, you know, it's one thing to be opinionated. Sony's opinionated. I'm opinionated, but there's a difference between what separates being kind of that passionate opinionated versus obnoxious opinionated. I think everybody who listens to this could probably say, okay, well, the obnoxious opinionated is one who's basically forcing their opinion on you and basically uh, putting you down because you don't agree. That is obnoxious. And so that's where, you know, perhaps some people confuse or maybe don't like, you know, whether it's a man or a woman who might, who might be obnoxiously kind of conveying what they think, what they say. It reminds me, um, uh, what was that movie? The devil wears Prada. Huh? Is that it? Is that it? You know, so that's, there's, that's feisty to obnoxious. Okay. So I like feisty being passionate. You know, if you're passionate about what you believe, you're going to express what you believe. You're going to, you're going to, you know, for the people to hear, but you're not, you know, doing so to put them down, to make them feel less, you know? And so, Yes, the the feistiness is is great. You know, it's if if I don't know if I'm wearing something that that Sony says like oh, I think you could try try something different. Wear this different color. You know, uh, I, okay, well that's great. She's telling me what she thinks. I appreciate that. You know, or if she has like you know certainly with the recent election. You know, we talked about um, different aspects of of 
politics. And, you know, she expressed what she thought and I, and I expressed what I thought. And, you know, we, we found our, what we agreed with and the things that we discussed in greater detail. And, and that is, you know, a great way to sort of express that feistiness. <laughs> you know, and whether it's it's the excitement that she shows. Um, so she has this favorite store, Mag Magpies, right? <laughs> yes. And so, and 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 so, I will describe her reactions when she finds something that she just loves at this store, and she's just she calls me up and she's like, "Babe, look what I found!" And so, one of those things that she found is now sitting on my desk. <laughs> Um, because it apparently looks like me. <laughs> and so, and you know, and that's, that's the feistiness that, <laughs> that I love, you know, but, and that's really the difference. You know, it's one thing to, you know, is understand that difference between the, the sort of the passionate feistiness versus the obnoxious feistiness. So that gives all the women the permission to be passionate and feisty and not dull their light. Absolutely. Because yes. the empowered man appreciates that. Yes. Show, show up fully as you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I am so loving our conversation and I'm sure that everyone uh, listening to it is too. You validated so many of the conversations and what I tell my women, you validated each and every one of them. So I'm sure everybody is feeling a lot more confident after listening to this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You gave them permission to do a lot of things that they probably hesitate to do. (laughs) You know, and that's, and that's great. And that's certainly what I hope to accomplish. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, for anyone listening to this, if you ever want to know what's really what the empowered man thinks, you know, send in your questions to Sony, you know, and I'll be happy to jump back and I will answer them, Aww. you know, <laughs> on the podcast. And I will give you my take on whatever it is, you know, whether it's a, a misconception or a belief or even a situation that just you're not sure about. If you want to know what that empowered man view is, I will be, would love to actually express that. Babe, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Great, because you're kind of stuck with me. <laughs> so do you have any parting words for everybody? Um, one thing that they can take with themselves. I mean, we have, you have shared a lot with them and that's so awesome. But just something like what is an empowered man looking for in the woman and his soulmate or just something that they can take away with them. Uh, certainly, you know, we, we kind of discussed a couple of or a few key words here, you know, empowered man versus alpha man, you know, empowered man is, is what you want to look for. You know, we, we talked about, um, pause you got to say it that way. Pause. pause, you know, certainly when you're conveying and it's an emotionally charged conversation, pause, but keep going. You know, and I think that's, that's also a kind of a key takeaway in any relationship. And that the, uh, the understanding that a truly empowered man, an authentic man. So there's another word. We didn't really go into great detail. The authentic man, the authentic woman. And that's where, uh, you know, being authentic is what sh- everyone should strive for, man or woman. 
And that is being true to yourself, you know, expressing what you think, expressing what you feel. And that's, that truly is what you should look out for, I think, in a relationship. To find in that other key word, balance. Because every good relationship is in balance. Thank you so much for being here today, babe, and sharing your wisdom and advice. You have given the women listening so much hope that there are good men out there and all they have to do is have this belief and show up as their true authentic self, like you said, not just when they are dating, but when they are married too. Thank you again for being on this show. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to everybody listening, I would love to hear your takeaways from this show. Send me a DM on Instagram, email me, Facebook message me. I would love to hear your aha moments and what you got from this conversation. Sending lots of love your way. And I will talk to you all soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have loved this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really love this episode, I'd love if you beauties can leave me a review. For more love and dating advice, join my private Facebook community, Limitless Love. And for daily inspiration and fun, come hang out with me on Instagram at Sony Healthy. Until next time.